the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, my friends. I'm Dennis Prager. I hope you had a good weekend. Thank God I did, as I virtually always do. Yesterday, I recorded two more videos, 45 minutes each, for the Daily Wire. Daily Wire and Prager, you do a lot together. Why wouldn't we? We both want to save the country which is being rapidly ruined by the left as liberals vote for them. Liberals don't have their values, as I tell you every day, but liberals don't vote their values. They vote their emotions, and their emotions are danger on the right. For liberals, there's no danger on the left. But the danger to this country is overwhelmingly from the left. So I recorded yesterday... In their series, what is it, Masterworks? I always forget the actual name. Master Course. Master Course. So they've they've asked me to do these recordings, and they're really professionally done. So I, I will let you know when they come out. Yesterday did men and women, male-female differences, and what was the other one? Are people basically good? The longest statement I've made on that. The first one, I did two parts on the consequences of secularism, which has been the the message of my life. People are always afraid of excessive religion, but they're never afraid of excessive secularism. Well, now you see some of the fruits of it. Nancy Pelosi blames MAGA Republicans after gay nightclub shooting. Nancy Pelosi is an individual who proves how easy it is to live with one's conscience, no matter what one does. That's how I look at her. Really? MAGA Republicans are responsible for this this, uh, gay nightclub shooting? By the way, do you, do you recall, what was the name of the, the club where there's a big massacre of gays? Where was that? It was in the, on, on the East Coast. Yeah, in Florida. That was in Florida. And what was the name? It's on the tip of my tongue, the name of that nightclub. And uh, they, of course, spoke about how this is another example of homophobia in America, all these gays killed. And it turns out it was a Muslim, uh, and it was not... Uh, it, who did it, 
and he was just looking. Right? Is that, is that correct? Is that the case where it was a Muslim? Yeah, and he was just looking for a place to pulse the Pulse nightclub, and even he didn't do it necessarily because they were gay. He just wanted a place to shoot people up. He had another a name on his list. Had nothing to do with homophobia. He didn't even know it was a gay place. I only mention he's Muslim because they're always blaming white Christian males. Now, this guy may have been a right-winger. What does that have to do with what he did? House Speaker Nancy Pelosi marked Transgender Remembrance Day. Ooh. Who, who, who officially called for tr- Transgender Remembrance Day? The president? Do you know? How did we get that? I trust all of you uh, celebrated it. By tearing into MAGA Republicans and implicating them in the Colorado LGBTQ nightclub shooting that left five dead overnight. Five people died when the 22-year-old opened fire at Club Q in Colorado Springs Saturday night. Eighteen others were injured. This is Pelosi's statement. As our nation marks Transgender Day of Remembrance. Wow, the nation marked it. Yeah. What does that even mean, Day of Remembrance? Do you know what that means? For transgenders who have passed away? I, 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 I'm not being cute. I don't, I don't understand the terminology. The House Democratic Caucus mourns the countless Americans stolen away by the scourge of transphobic violence. See, this is what I mean. The woman lies for the sake of gaining more voters and sleeps well. The conscience didn't turn out to be as God wanted it. This powerful blocker of wrong. The ease with which people calm their conscience is almost infinite. Very few people who do bad have a guilty conscience. The conscience, even more than muscles, must be developed or you, or you lose them. People need conscience workouts like they need physical workouts. Really? There are countless Americans who have been stolen away by the scourge of transphobic violence? Does anyone listening to this broadcast believe that? Or is it a lie? Of course it's a lie. But truth is not a left-wing value. It's a liberal value and a conservative value. A crisis that continues to disproportionately harm trans people of color. So trans people of color are being... are being stolen away, whatever that means, by violence. I assume it means killed. Really? And by whom? Is it by white Trumpists? Who Who is killing all of these transphobic, not transphobic, trans, trans people who are of color? Mm. 
Pelosi went on, that fight remains more urgent than ever as right-wing extremists target transgender Americans' most fundamental rights and freedoms. Really? Like what? Oh, she'll tell us. Whether spouting dangerous rhetoric from cable news desks or openly bullying schoolchildren from the halls of power, MAGA Republicans are cruelly undermining the safety and well-being of our transgender community. That's right. If you are uh, against children being taught that they're non-binary, that sex and gender are non-binary, that there really aren't boys and girls, there is an, an infinite spectrum of gender identity. If you oppose that... For five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, for that matter, 15-year-olds, you are part of the right-wing hate group known as Republicans. So this, this includes Governor DeSantis. So he's partially responsible for what happened in Colorado Springs. As our nation marks Transgender Day, I've already read that, they re- repeated it. The scourge of transphobic violence. Huh. Has she ever spoken of the scourge of violence of black on black in the inner city? Would you say it dwarfs transphobic violence in this country? I mean, dwarfs it? She cares about transphobe, uh, tra- transgendered people as, uh, as little as possible. It's not an issue. It's a political wedge to convince young Americans whom I'll talk about. Very disturbing article in the New York Times about young people's voting habits, if if the article is accurate. Horrified by such shameless bigotry, House Democrats are proud to march alongside our trans friends. No motive has yet been determined for the attack. Authorities say, by the way, just for the record, Nancy Pelosi and the whole Democratic Party wants to keep this murderer alive. Most of us called conservatives want him dead. I wish this guy who killed these people in this club were executed next week. Okay, just for the record. It it always happens. Our anger at this man is greater than her anger. We want him dead. She wants him alive. And maybe, for that matter, freed on bail. Right? Too many people in prison. what, What we have to put up with. But the deeper lesson is the one I began with. The conscience is a pretty weak organ in most human beings. The left proves it. History repeats itself, and we're seeing that play out with inflation. When Jimmy Carter took office in the late 70s, gold sold for $140 an ounce. By 1980, the price of gold topped out at $870 an ounce. If today's market performs like it did when Carter was in office, the price of gold could skyrocket from $1,800 an ounce to $9,300 an ounce. 
This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to purchase precious metals while the prices are still stable. If history repeats itself, we'll see a run on gold, silver, and platinum that will certainly drive up prices. Be smart and buy now, as I am. At AmFed, you're dealing with specialists who provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. You'll never be pressured into buying outrageously priced so-called collectible coins or anything that you don't need. Take advantage of today's prices. AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. From now till Christmas, I used to do, for years, I would do the, uh, what did I do for years? <laughs> the uh, Salvation, Salvation Army. Army. Yeah, my my brain has uh, suppressed. It, it, it was very painful how the Salvation Army went woke. So I stopped advertising for them. I, I was honored as one of the big fundraisers for the Salvation Army. So I have a, a new, last year I did this as well, the Angel Tree campaign to bring religion and and gifts for Christmas to the one and a half million kids who have a prison, who have a parent in prison. If that doesn't stir you to give, nothing will. Just $25 gives, uh, take, takes care of one of these children. 125 is five of them. It's Prison Fellowship's Angel Tree Campaign. Last year, 236,000 children in all 50 states were served. So please step up. There's an Angel Tree banner. On my website, DennisPrager.com, or you can phone in 888-206-2801, 888-206-2801, or the Angel Tree Banner at my website. I am convinced that what stops most people from supporting good causes is laziness, not, not cheapness. And I have no answer to that. You just have to do it. It takes five minutes. I don't think it takes five minutes. All right. I'm Dennis Prager. I welcome you back. Yes, it's because people don't think it's fair. Remember, this is this is Nancy Pelosi. You conservatives, you Republicans, you don't think it's fair for a trans woman to compete in women's sports. That's right, we don't. The whole trans issue, the whole is really is another way of getting rid of Western civilization as we know it. That's what it's about. It's really ultimately a religious battle. Religious people believe God created humanity, male and female, and the secular left, and for that matter, I assume religious left, to the extent that they exist. They don't believe that. Every species, virtually, is male and female, but not humans. There's no objective male and female. You're assigned a gender at birth. This is their thinking. Later on in the show, I will read to you from a young woman 
describing how they essentially forced her, coerced her into transitioning into a male and cut off her breasts before she was even 18. Poor thing. I looked at her face, I almost cried. You saw that article. I, I looked at her and, I, and I, I, my heart broke. The barbarians of the medical world, barbarians. We have despicable people in medicine. Do you understand that? Despicable, vile scum in the medical profession. Some doctors are, are saintly. I'm not t- saying you all are by any means, but a lot are. And the people entrusted with children, what is it, the American Academy of Pediatricians? Or pediatrics? They're for this. They support this. When I hear young people vote, more and more they vote Democrat. They vote for this. Do you understand, young people, the, the sickness you vote for, the evil when you vote Democrat? Do you understand? You don't. Because they lie to you that the Republicans threatened our democracy. Yeah, how exactly? Trump was president for four years. How was our democracy threatened? But they hear one side. That's why they didn't let Ann Coulter speak at Cornell last week or two weeks ago. They know, deep down, the left knows, an hour of an articulate conservative can undo four years of left-wing lies at the university. Deep down, they know it. We don't fear their speakers, but they fear our speakers. They certainly fear Prager University. Whew. Drives them crazy that young people watch us. They're, they're not supposed to hear anything that differs from the left. Nothing, not even five-minute videos half of which are not even political. Did you know that, folks? How many of uh, preview videos have nothing to do with politics? We're coming out with a, with a five-minute video on William Henry Harrison. You know who William Henry Harrison was? He was the president of the United States for a month. He got pneumonia standing out in, in, in uh, freezing weather during his, the longest inaugural address ever given by a president. We, have, we will have had a video on every single president. Is that political? We have a video on how to forgive people who have hurt you. Is that political? On the Constitution. Or the, Constitu- well, the Constitution is political to them. They hate the Constitution. Okay. That, that, that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Well. Yep. One eight Prager seven seven six eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. Have they charged the guy who uh, mowed down uh, the uh, the police cadets in, uh, in 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 L.A.? Do you know? I don't know if he's been charged yet. It's a horrible, a horrible thing that happened there. I'd like to know what the, what animated that. Every, every week I read about another barbaric act. 
one does sense that there is a, a, a collapse of the of the guardrails of society, and the left has collapsed them. I would love to know the number of murders, the percentage, obviously do it by percentage, not by numbers. What was the percentage of Americans murdered in the 1930s versus today, 100 years ago, so the 1920s? I don't know. I would li- I'd be very curious to know. I do know this. My parents, who were kids in the 1930s, uh, are are young people. So let's see, my mother would have been, my father would have been 12 in 1930. So he would have been 22 in 1940. So fine. My mother was one year younger. So she says, she and she they grew, both grew up in New York City. At 2 a.m. she would walk unconcerned from the subway to her parents' home. Back in a moment. Hey folks, coming together again after two years of waiting. I'm going on a listener cruise again. It's called Gems of Southeastern Europe. May 31 to June 13. 13 days combined land and cruise on AMA waterways. We are chartering our own ship for you and me. The cruise was just announced. It's already almost sold out. Book today at 800-345-2483 or click the banner on my website. Go to coastlinetravel.com. Again, everybody, we're chartering the entire boat. 800-345-2483. It will sell out. Or click the banner on my website. Or go to coastlinetravel.com. Hello, my friends. I'm Dennis Prager. Pasadena, California. Greg, hello. Hello. Hi. Dennis? That's right. Are you there? I heard a ding rather than your, uh, oh, your cheerful voice. All right. Greg from Pasadena. I know. Hi. Hey, I, I call in with... Hi. I call in with a... Uh, and Christian says hi, by the way. Um... I'm uh, calling in with, a, with just a disagreement. You, you said something about all religious people. Um, no, I didn't. Know I, that I, man-made. I, yeah. Well, I don't know if I said all religious people because I said the religious left doesn't agree. So I didn't say all religious people. But it, it doesn't matter. The religion says Judaism and Christianity. The Bible says that there are only two genders. God created the human being, male and female. And I'm I'm agreeing with that statement. I guess the statement that I wasn't agreeing with, and I didn't hear the clarification, was that religious people believe that because I just we had to leave a church where they are Bible professing, and in a whole bunch of other areas they seem to follow the Bible, but this in one area they just don't. And my question to you is, how do we fight that? How do we bring quote unquote religious people well, into a better we, understanding there, of there what is the Bible a says? well there is a way to fight it. I appreciate your calling, but. With regard to the religious left in Christianity and Judaism, the two Bible-based religions, there's, it, it, time will take its toll. Mainstream Protestantism and non-Orthodox Judaism are dying because they have they basically abandoned some many of the most basic tenets of their religions. And 
if you want a leftist lecture, you don't need to go to church or synagogue. You can watch the Young Turks. And you could do that from the comfort of your home. You don't need to go to synagogue to hear a left-wing message. So they're, they're fading. The most dynamic movement in Judaism was a tiny movement a generation ago, Chabad. Most of you are not familiar with it, but you will be Hanukkah time because they're the ones who have organized the Hanukkah lighting ceremonies in so many city halls around the country or at other places, including their own, what they call Chabad house. So the the left destroys everything it touches, and that includes Catholicism, Protestantism, and Judaism. But it is still worth battling because we we owe it to our respective religions. We owe it to the Bible. We owe it to taking God seriously, Not, not to buy the lie that God created multiple genders. Or even that biology did. It's quite uh, it's quite remarkable what is happening, just just remarkable. One eight Prager seven seven six. San Francisco inaugurates guaranteed income for transgender individuals. You saw this piece. Washington Free Beacon. Applicants may choose from 97 genders. San Francisco's transgender community will receive taxpayer money from the city's newest guaranteed income program, Mayor London Breed announced Wednesday. The Guaranteed Income for Trans People program, GIFT, they are great. You, no, you got to give credit where it is due. Acronyms, they have a genius for acronyms on the left. Gift, guaranteed income for trans people. You, It certainly is a gift. Uses taxpayer dollars to provide low-income transgender San Franciscans a $1,200 monthly stipend for up to 18 months to, quote, help address financial insecurity within trans communities. We know that our trans communities experience much higher rates of poverty and discrimination, Breed said in a statement. So this program will target support to lift individuals in this community up. Why will it only be for 18 months? What happens after that? They'll extend it for another 18 months. Well, of course they'll extend it. San Francisco's other guaranteed income. By the way, whatever you pay for, you get more of. Just, Just a little law of life. San Francisco's other guaranteed income programs include the Abundant Birth Project, which subsidizes black and Pacific Islander mothers during pregnancy. Okay. So you will get more single women pregnant. Hey, I get pregnant, I get money. Why won't that happen? It already did happen. Almost entirely thanks to Democratic Party policies, the black family went to being more intact than the white family to now having 80% born out of wedlock. 
You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special available to my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing the soft feel you look for in a towel. This set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. For a limited time, you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with the promo code Prager. Don't miss out on these extraordinary offers. There's a limited supply so be sure to order now. 800-761-6302. Use the promo code Prager or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use the promo code Prager. Hi, everybody. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show, Naperville, Illinois. Carol, hello. Hi. Um, When you mentioned, or not you, but the news always says this is a hate crime, this is a hate crime. Other than someone accidentally using their gun on someone, aren't most crimes hate crimes? No, because there are so many crimes that are committed by criminals who couldn't care less about the victim. It, it, most, most robberies, most home robberies, they don't even know whose home it is. Uh, oh. So... I don't know whether this should be a hate crime separate part of the criminal code, but there is such a thing as a hate crime, and most crimes wouldn't fit that category. They they don't they couldn't care less about their victim. Okay, I understand. The other one was the person. What was it? The LGB, the black or the blacks that are LGBT. Yeah, was that what it was? Well, is that what what was? When you mentioned uh, some were, I remember about the blacks or that, I just wanted to say that the LGB, whatever, this person was black, why don't they just do it LGB squared? Uh Uh-huh. All right. It's it's a thought. (laughs) Appreciate your calling. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Christian in Torrance, California. Hello. Hi, Dennis. Hi. Uh, hi. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that, um, you know, yesterday in my uh, service, our pastor showed a PragerU uh, video to everybody, and I thought it was really cool. Um, it was one of the Will Witt interviews where he does the man on the street type of interview. What uh, was, where what I think was he was the, at a some. What was the subject? I think he was at the uh, California College, maybe Berkeley or somewhere, and he was asking all these students um, how many genders are there, uh-huh. and their answers were all like uh, infinite or seventy-two or six or right. I don't know, but a lot. And what church was yeah, it? So that, um, it's uh, South Bay Community Church here in Torrance. Well, thank the pastor for me, and I'm very uh, very happy you you called to let us know. Yes. The only hope for the country does seem to lie with committed Jews and uh, religiously active traditional Jews and Christians. It shows you how weakened the mind becomes 
in the post-religious age, just weak, that it accepts anything they're told by, by, the, by, the, by the government, anything. There, there are 57 genders. Okay, there are 57 genders. Did you believe this five years ago? Of course not. Would you have said it was idiocy? You know, folks, I have proof of this. Exactly three years ago, exactly, November of 2019, I was on Bill Maher's show. And when he said how much Donald Trump lies, Donald Trump was still president, I said, doesn't compare to left-wing lies. And he said, like what? He said, like America's systemically racist. Or that men menstruate. And he began laughing. And the entire panel laughed at me, and the entire audience laughed at me. Who the hell says? That's what he said. He didn't use the word the hell. Come on. Who says men menstruate? That was three years ago. Inside of three years, half of this country say men menstruate. That's how quickly people become sheep in our post-religion age. Not many religious people say men menstruate. Many secular people do. How do, now how, do you, how do you account for that? The rapidity with which people came to say something beyond absurd, pure, 100% lie that men menstruate. It is, as it is as close to pure lie as can be told. Well, it is a pure lie, so it's not close to. And now people say it. In, now, there are secular conservatives, of course, but overwhelmingly it's secular people who believe anything they are told by the New York Times, CNN, or the Democratic Party. Anything! Get it? Anything. There is nothing, nothing morally or intellectually vapid that most secular people will not accept. As to my friends who are secular conservatives, God bless you, or whomever you believe in or not believe in. I'm not being cute. We need you. We thank you. But your grandchildren will be leftists. There's just so much Judeo-Christian fumes left to power the automobile of conservatism. Right? Isn't it, isn't it remarkable, the ease with which the secular mind believes lies, the rapidity, the speed? Nobody laughs now if you say men menstruate. They laugh at you if you deny men menstruate. The guardrails of truth, of decency, of morality, all are broken in your post-biblical, post-Judeo-Christian age. That's what's happened. American Academy of Pediatrics, as I pointed out earlier in this hour, supports minors getting their, their minor girls getting their breasts removed. Healthy girls. Has this ever happened in the history of American medicine? I don't know. It's an open question. Has it ever happened? The speed with which American medicine has descended into evil Whew. is breathtaking.
one eight Prager seven seven six. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. I welcome you back to or to the show in Alvern, Pennsylvania. Chris, hello. Dennis, uh, saw you at the Fuge in Philly, and it was wonderful to see you and all the guys. Yeah, it was um, a great evening. So I, I ponder this question, and you being a massive mind, I'd like to ponder you and your wonderful audience. If a young uh, girl in high school, let's say she's a senior, and she's drastically underweight, say 50 pounds or 60 pounds, and she goes up to the teacher and says, Teacher, I am so fat. And the teacher says, Yes, you are. You better just not go to lunch and stay with me, and we'll study some math. And don't tell your parents. We're just going to make sure that you don't eat. Does that make any sense? And obviously what happens is they seek counseling for this young lady because she's anorexic or bulimic. Why does that not translate into a young girl that comes to the teacher and is, says that she feels like she's a guy or whatever else she feels like? Why don't they immediately say, we need to seek counseling for you instead of total agreement? And I'll just finish this off because you love this because last time I called a long time ago and said I was listening to uh, Aristotle ethics they actually uh, Aristotle talks about this where the young now rule over the adults and he predicted that this would happen and it's going on right now that's correct that's uh, I I don't think it's an answerable question a girl says a girl who is anorexic and exceedingly thin, says she's fat. Why don't they affirm? Why isn't there weight affirmation? Why is there only gender affirmation? Why is it not as incoherent and contrary to reality for a girl to say she's a boy as for a girl to say that she's fat? If she's not, weight is objective, but sexual identity is not. Why? Aren't they both based on fact? Well, American Medical Association says there is no fact. You know, that's how bad it's gotten. There is no fact of what sex you are. Gender is not a fact. There you go. Oregon Education Department says there are no mathematical facts. Two and two is four is a function of white supremacy. And young people vote Democrat. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I hope you had a good weekend. I am blessed I had another good weekend. I have good weeks, too. I'm a very lucky man. Victor Davis Hanson, one of the most important writers of our time, writes a, an important piece in the great American greatness 
on the Great American Greatness website. About Bankman, Sam Bankman Freed, who I never heard of until the uh, the Ponzi-style scheme of, what is it, $32 billion? How much? I think it's $36 $36 billion. So is this like the, the biggest ripoff, monetarily speaking, in American history? I think so. Hmm. Bankman Freed is merely one in a long line of Bay Area social justice hypocrites and frauds. They share in common loud but cynical left-wing politics. They choreograph their personas to win exemption from left-wing government regulators to guarantee puff pieces from a toady media and to romance the rich left-wing elite. Consider how the Washington Post gushed of this scam artist. It's from the Washington Post. Harnessing the enormous wealth created by FTX, the cryptocurrency exchange that Sam Bankman-Fried has founded, they undertook a project to spend potentially billions of dollars on pandemic prevention, a long-neglected priority on Capitol Hill even amid the coronavirus crisis. The plan, drawn from the brothers' adherence to a philosophy called effective altruism, Effective altruism. I spoke in the first hour about the ease with which the conscience is dulled. The left is a is the perfect living example. Sought to maximize philanthropic giving in ways that can have the most impact. That was from the Washington Post puff piece on the man. How much did he give the Democratic Party? Seventy million dollars? Yeah. Well, so, of course, he's a wonderful human being. Bankman-Fried surely had the most impact. If he had worn a suit and said the wrong sh- shibboleths, he would now be behind bars. What were the moral seeds of FTX? Bankman-Fried grew up on the progressive, moralistic Stanford campus, the son of two crusading Stanford law professors who often wrote about morality and the dispossessed. How come it's so easy for left-wing parents to raise left-wing children and so challenging for conservative parents to raise conservative children? Good question. Well, I mean, we know the answer. Well, what is your answer? Well, they're, they're, the, they're, the environment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they leave the home and spend... That's right, because the, the, the home is reinforced. Go to Stanford. Everything your left-wing parents said is taught to you at yeah, Stanford. Yeah. Whereas everything you were taught in a conservative home is ridiculed at Stanford. Your your friends, your peers. And your peers, that's right. SBF, as he is known, was groomed and prepped at an exclusive nearby Hillsborough private academy before being packed off to MIT. Progressive souls like Bankman Freed distrust capitalism so much that in his case he retreated to the Bahamas to maximize its rewards. There he embraced a hedonistic lifestyle, tax breaks, and lack of regulations, all in order to better short taxpayers of hundreds of millions of dollars in income tax revenue. Such vulture capitalism is predicated on the presumption 
that young, loudly left-wing Bay Area hipsters in ratty clothes are the cool good guys if they have deep Democratic pockets and talk of equity and fairness. And so they use the system to defeat the system, defined in their view as toxic traditional mores and values. Indeed, Bankman Freed's mother, Stanford professor Elizabeth Freed, was a utilitarian, perhaps best defined as advocating any means necessary to achieve what she felt were the best ends for everyone. She moonlighted from her supposedly full-time job by running Mind the Gap, a central collection agency for Silicon Valley dark money to be funneled secretly to the right causes. The means of getting the millions was always excused by the ends of how it was used. Apparently, some of the fund's wherewithal was dripped in by some of her, in her son's stash circle, or rather his investor's cash. Mind the Gap's specialty was funding, quote, to get out the vote, unquote. To understand these dark money operations in 2020, simply reread Molly Ball's obnoxious Time magazine story of February 2021, a long boast of how stealth left-wing money, a toady progressive media, an army of lawyers, and social media combined to change voting laws, modulate the Black Lives Matter Antifa street protests, and warp dissemination of news to craft a good utilitarian conspiracy that saved us from Donald Trump. Will the Bankman-Fried family now atone and try to give back to the robbed and deluded any of the real money that was funneled into Democratic candidates from the massive fraud? Does the water flow uphill? So how can the progressive embryos of Silicon Valley, Stanford University, Bay Area prep schools, and progressive humanitarian politics birth such an utter fraud who destroyed so many? Rather, the question might be reversed. How could all that not? In the context of Bankman-Fried, we recall another kindred Bay Area erstwhile momentary billionaire charlatan. Do we remember now the now felonious and prison-bound young prodigy and Hillary Clinton aficionado Elizabeth Holmes? She too was birthed and swam in similar Stanford Silicon Valley waters. Her scheme was Theranos. That was the pretentiously named fake blood testing corporation that duped some of the most powerful investors in the United States to fork over billions of dollars to a 20-something con artist. Holmes, like Bankman-Fried, was sired in the orbit of Stanford. She eschewed the slob, the slob props of Bankman-Fried and instead preferred copycatting Steve Jobs' slicker all-black outfits. Holmes assembled on her fake corporate board some of the biggest names associated with Stanford University and Silicon Valley, whose brands masked what was likely the greatest corporate medical fraud in American history. There is a pattern here of the, quote, good people, unquote, doing, quote, good, unquote, things with their, quote, good, unquote, money that turns out very badly for everyone else. 
Silicon Valley multi-billionaire and fellow leftist Mark Zuckerberg prefers t-shirts, sneakers, and jeans to the Bankman freed bum look or Holmes' apple black draped getup. He is now laying off thousands of Facebook employees as his meta disaster erodes his stock value and takes his net worth down tens of billions of dollars. But it was just two years ago that Zuckerberg answered the utilitarian call of fellow leftists to use his mega money and power to stop the Prince of Darkness, Donald Trump. So Zuck, as he is known, poured $419 million into pro-Biden left-wing activist groups. That unprecedented sum was used to absorb the work of state election officials in key precincts to ensure the right people voted in the right way to ensure the right winner. Leftists still brag how the good mega-money sandbag dullard Republicans and helped to give Biden the election. Well, he uh, maybe I'll read the rest later. It's an important piece. It's up at DennisPrager.com, by the way. The Victor Davis Hanson piece. I spoke at the end of the last hour about the ease with which people are led to say and believe anything rapidly if it is repeated by the colleges, the high schools, and the media. Men menstruate is now believed widely. There is a very powerful piece in the Daily Caller. Young woman was pressured into mastectomy, testosterone, and testosterone as a child. Now she regrets it. It's about Luca, a 20-year-old woman now. And what happened to her? The collusion of psychologists, psychiatrists, pediatricians, hospitals. There are a lot of bad people in those professions. There are many good people. I think there are more bad people. Because the good people don't speak up. I think there are more good people, but... They lack the courage to speak up. So goodness without courage? Hmm, I think can't think of an analogy. What is goodness without courage? Give me an analogy. Is that like a sinking ship without life preservers? Luca, a twenty year old woman, was fifteen when she was first when she first encountered her. Th- when she was first, excuse me, Luca was 15 when she was first encouraged by her therapist to come out as a transgender. Encouraged by her therapist. You're a 15-year-old girl, you say you're a boy, and the therapist says, of course you're a boy. Do you know how many therapists there are who would do that? I think the majority would. While she was hospitalized for mental health issues, a surgeon removed her breasts when she was 16. 
She doesn't name any of these people because she's afraid of repercussions. I think it's a tragedy. It's a real tragedy that she doesn't name the surgeon. Somebody went to medical school in the United States of America, learned to be a surgeon, and cut off a 16-year-old girl's breasts because she said she was a boy? There is nothing, and I mean this literally, there is nothing evil that people can do and have a have their conscience disturb them. That is why people who say, oh, I don't need God, I don't need religion, I don't need the Bible, I, I answer to my conscience. The statement is so foolish as to be worthy of a college graduate. You have to learn something that's stupid. Who doesn't answer to their conscience? Tell me somebody evil that we would all acknowledge as evil who somehow has not successfully answered to his or her conscience. The conscience stops evil as much as a screen door stops flooding. That was a good analogy. Yep. A surgeon removed her breasts when she was 16. She's now 20, talking about this. In a, quote, gender-affirming double mastectomy. I don't know if the surgeon was male or female. I don't know anything about the surgeon. I don't even know the surgeon's name. But I'm just trying to imagine the surgeon returning home if he or she is married and telling his or her spouse, you know, I really did a good thing today. A girl with completely healthy breasts and no disease. I cut her breasts off because she said she was a boy and she's not even 18. She can't smoke a cigarette in America, but she can get her breasts cut off. I've always, I from the beginning, by the way, on the war on tobacco, I knew there was something sick about it. I was right. I wrote about it in the 80s. Why are we fighting tobacco and not alcohol? Anybody ever kill anybody after a cigarette? Versus how many people have done horrible things after drinking? I knew it was a morally bankrupt cause. I know it saved lives. That is not the only criterion for what is good. If it is, then theoretically, you should be big proponents of the lockdown. Theoretically, it saved lives. Or a big proponent of what China's doing. They're locking down another city. City after city has been locked down. Lives ruined. Kids' lives ruined. Adults' lives ruined. But hey, as that fraud Andrew Cuomo said, Sean, try to find that Andrew Cuomo. It was it was a Hall of Famer for a while. If everything I does do saves one life, 
It's worth it. Back in a moment. Just a brief uh, interlude here. I, uh, I'm just reading about an author, a Somali man, came to America, brainwashed into thinking America was heaven and to avoid black Americans. And now he's gone back to Somalia because he realizes how racist America is. Let's try to have him on the show. I'm not kidding. I'd like to know who brainwashed him to avoid black Americans. Amazing. You know how many people come to this country loving this country and then they go to college in this country and they learn to hate it? That was her brilliant insight. What is her name? Uh, Park Sung Mi Myung Mi. What is her first name? Sorry? Yan Mi. Yan Mi, right. Yan Mi Park. This extraordinary young woman from North Korea became a sex slave in China, went through hell, truly hell. Then went to, I mean, amazing, an amazing person. Ended up at Columbia University in the United States. And her famous claim, she learned more anti-American hate at Columbia than in North Korea. I believe that. You have the Cuomo quote. Oh, what a great moment in American history. Go ahead. And if everything we do saves just one life, I'll be happy. That's right. There you go. When he said that, did he believe it? If everything you do saves one life. So if you ruin millions of children's lives to save one life, you'll be happy. Which is what he and the entire establishment, governmental and medical did. You'll be happy. The purpose of life is to save one life. Then, then I'll we, be happy. We, we should not uh, have any speed limit over... 35. That's right. Every time you increase the speed limit, you've killed another American. It's very painful to me what has happened in my beloved country. The number of despicable and foolish people, and foolish and despicable are usually the same, in, in, in positions of influence and power. It's a painful realization. I, my heart breaks for young kids. I looked up to adults when I was a kid. Yep. He was brainwashed into avoiding black Americans. Really? By whom? Back to my article here from the Daily Caller. It's about the 20-year-old girl who at 16, is that correct? 16? A surgeon removed her breast because she said she was a boy. She really owes it to others to publicize the names of the therapists who ruined her life, the surgeons who ruined her life, the hospital that ruined her life. She's afraid of repercussions, but she does owe it to others. Let's try to 
have her on the show. Maybe I can convince her. I'm, uh, I mean it sincerely. A surgeon removed her breast when she was 16. Again, as I pointed out, can't have a cigarette. Secondhand smoke, that stuff too. Oh, my God. In Burbank, California, as woke a city as exists. You can't smoke a cigar in a cigar store. Yeah. Burbank, California. But people didn't care. When rights were taken away from cigar smokers, Americans saluted. Great. It, in the name of health, we can stop anything. Now look where we are. I called it, folks. I called it. Anyway, is, a, is, a, is another medical lie about 50,000 Americans dying of secondhand smoke. The number of lies from the medical establishment is quite, uh, quite alarming. She went on cross-sex hormones soon after the double mastectomy, which permanently changed her face, body, and voice. At 20 years old, Luca now regrets listening to doctors and medical professionals whom she said misled and manipulated her into undergoing irreversible medical procedures. Okay, all Dennis Prager here. Auburn, California. Nikki, hello. Hey, Dennis. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a public school teacher, middle school. I teach life science. Back in 2015, so about seven years ago, I had a young man knock on my door after school. I often have students come back to visit, and I open the door. And it was a, a man with a full beard, dressed in men's clothing, uh, 19 years old and greeted me with, you know, beautiful smile. Uh, and Hey, do you remember me back in, I would have had her, I believe it would have been 20, uh, 2010. And I just, I, of, of course my mind is going through, you know, all the plethora of young men I've had in my class. I said, I'm sorry, I don't. And he said, it's me. It's Rachel. And immediately, I can't I, believe I, I can't believe you forgot Rachel. I, uh, I know, right? I, I, it's, it's, <laughs> it's sad. But I, I just immediately pictured because she had long, beautiful hair. She was a great student. She was in my drama club. And Dennis, I had to. I was so taken aback, but I had to, you know, stand there and and visit with him. And asked, what are you doing? You know, he was currently at the junior college and told me all about transitioning. So let me ask you, uh, did did this individual seem truly to be a male? Uh, That's that's important to me. Your your screener asked me that, and I said, not for a minute. Really? And what what did he lack, he, she lack? As far as as far as appearing in some ways as a male, I mean it's a it's a bearded individual wearing male clothing, right? Why wouldn't um, why would one not assume it's a male? Well, exactly. I mean, 
Well, no, not exactly. You you said that that the person did not seem male to you. That's what I'm I'm trying to figure. I, I don't. There's no oh, right or no, wrong I'm answer. Sorry. I'm just trying to understand. If, no, I thought you meant did not seem to have any male inclination tendencies when she was. No, in no, no. Class. Right now, when you met this individual, did you would you in every way assume it was a male? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. All right. Yeah. So so fine. So only because this person said I was Rachel, were you taken aback? Yeah, I. So yeah, is Rachel happy or what? What is what is Rachel's current name? James. Is James happy? Well, um, he seemed like that. You know, telling me his aspirations. He was in junior college, and and um, you know that this was seven years ago. So he'd be 20, about 26 now. So I have no idea, you know, where. You know what I would ask? If I could ask any transgender one question, uh, I would ask, what what sex do you make love to? Yeah. And and it would not be, it's not an attack or any, I'm, I'm just curious. Because James... Unless James was given a uh, a prosthetic device as a, as a penis, a woman who would, might fall for James and and begin some physical intimacy uh, would be uh, unhappy to find a female genitalia. Most women who uh, go out with a man and do anything physical, do, do not expect that. I, I, don't, I don't know uh, what they, uh, or, or, or similarly, a trans woman, a man who says he, he is a woman and still maintains his genitalia, when a man would date this woman thinking it was a woman, it it does come. I mean, this we know from the literature. It does come as a shock, an angering shock at that. And I don't. I I cannot blame the person. If if I am a man and I date a woman and we begin some degree of physical affection, and I I find a male appendage, uh, I I would think I was misled. No, I take that back. I would know I was misled. So I, I am always curious about that question. All right, let's continue with this article of this this woman at 20 who deeply regrets the evil done to her by doctors, medical professionals, psychiatrists, psychologists, children's hospitals, etc., There was no stopping to question if this was the right way to deal with the discomfort I was feeling around my body, Luca said. At no point did doctors inform Luca that there were ways to resolve her mental health problems besides transitioning, which she now believes would have been enough to prevent her from going through with the procedures. Her doctors appear to have adopted the, quote, gender affirmation approach, unquote, promoted by transgender activists. They encourage gender transitions rather than helping patients come to terms with their biological sex. 
Do you understand how corrupt the psych, the psychology, psychological and psychi- psychiatric professions are? That their view is you don't try first and foremost with a young person to have them make peace with their biological sex? Isn't that astonishing? The anorexia example given last hour is, is apt. A young woman comes to you and says, I'm fat, but she's in fact frighteningly thin. Do you say, well, yep, let me affirm that you're fat. That you're fat. Why is that not a perfect analogy? The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I have on the line former Vice President Mike Pence. His autobiography has just been published, so help me God. It's well written. I'm not completed with it, but it has kept my interest. I think it will end up being the first vice presidential autobiography I I have ever read. Vice President Pence, that is a big deal in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Dennis Prager, thank you. for. It's not the first vice presidential autobiography I've read, but I'm sure. (laughs) terribly honored to be on with you. Thanks for taking a look at So Help Me God, and thanks for your kind words. Why did you title that? Well, you know, it really it ultimately came down to the the core of uh, of my story, the core of my life uh, is faith, and uh, I try and recount that uh, growing up in a in a wonderful uh, devout Catholic family, but uh, coming to my own faith in Christ as a young man, learning hard lessons along the way about about putting my faith into practice in the public square and and then ultimately um, recognizing that when I took the oath of office as a congressman, as a governor, and as your vice president, uh, that oath ends with a prayer. So help me God. And, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I, I begin the book and end the book in the hopes that people understand that uh, all through those years, including through some challenging days at the end, uh, my aspiration was to keep the promises that I'd made to them and promises that I'd made to Almighty God. I'm sure that many of my listeners are expecting a whole host of questions about Donald Trump, and, and I know you address uh, Donald Trump, obviously, uh, in the book. Uh, I have other questions that I want to ask you. I will ask you one in that regard, which is a personal one, not a political one. Sure. sure. The, the, uh, I, I don't recall a more loyal vice president than you were to President Trump, and I thought the two of you did magnificent good for this country. I just Everyone listening knows that I believe that. Had nothing has nothing to do with my having you on the line with me. So is it a sort of shock to the system that this rift has, has taken place between the two of you after all of that? Well, I uh, I will tell you that uh, I couldn't be more proud of the record of the Trump-Pence administration. And I, I thank you for your words. I mean, you think about the the four and a half years that I, that I had the privilege of serving alongside President Trump. We rebuilt our military, revived our economy through tax cuts, rolled back regulation, unleashed American energy. We appointed more than 300 conservatives to our courts at every level, including three conservatives on the Supreme Court of the United States that have now given us a new beginning for life. So uh, I'll, I'll always be proud of that record. And through all that time, Dennis, 
uh, President Trump was not only my president, he was my friend. We had, we had forged a close working relationship. Uh, whenever we had disagreements as vice president, I believed it was important that I kept those in private. The president always knew where I stood, and uh, when he would make a decision, uh, I would stand next to him. And uh, But in, in at the end, it had to be different because I have a higher loyalty, and that's to God and to the Constitution. And uh, our differences had to become public. Um, but I, I will tell you that uh, the president and I did part amicably from the White House. Uh, we talked through our differences. Uh, I, I found his uh, I found his demeanor in the days immediately following that tragic day in January of 2021 to be uh, uh, to be very remorseful. Uh, I, I sensed he was uh, he was saddened about what had occurred. He had said all the right things in the aftermath about condemning the violence and committing to a peaceful transfer of power. But frankly, in the months since. Uh, uh, when the president returned to some of the rhetoric he was using before that day and was critical of me and others who had stood for the Constitution, uh, I I thought it was best that we just go our separate ways. But uh, I will always be proud uh, of uh, the privilege of having served in the vice president in the Trump-Pence administration, always be proud of the record, and I'll never stop fighting uh, for a strong defense, uh, pro-market economy, and traditional values that have always made this country great. What do you think of the Biden administration and the Department of Justice going after people who went into the Capitol that day? Well, I think there's, look, over the four years of our administration, uh, we now know that, that there was a tremendous amount of politicization at the Justice Department. I mean, to to have uh, the FBI using uh, what was nothing more than political opposition research to, to foment a two-and-a-half-year investigation into the Russia hoax, that FBI agents were falsifying uh, documents along the way. Uh, and then in the aftermath, uh, uh, frankly, the, the decision to execute a search warrant on the home of the former president of the United States, unprecedented, in history, and and then this week's decision to appoint a special counsel, uh, I, I I found all that very troubling, uh, and I've said so and said so publicly. I think uh, the Justice Department ought to be working on res- restoring its own credibility, uh, and uh, and that's just not to say you know, no one is above the law, but uh, I truly believe there were a number of. Uh, of, of lesser ways that they could have obtained the information at Mar-a-Lago without a search warrant. And as I've said publicly, Dennis, I'm, uh, I, I, I don't know if it's against the law to take bad advice from lawyers. Um, but all that being said, you're speaking about the people that rioted at the Capitol, and I don't want to ignore that. I, I was there that day. Um, I was determined to stay at my post. Uh, and I believe people that uh, engaged in, in violence, uh, and vandalism and uh, assaulting police office officers and creating the conditions uh, where lives were lost need to be held to the strictest account of the law. I think we all do. The, the, the problem, and I, I don't want to dwell on this at all, and we have limited time, I know, is the people who simply entered and, and are, are now find themselves 
without bail, without trial, in, in prison, in solitary confinement, while people who rape and, and uh, kill uh, are, are out in the streets. Uh, th- that's the part that bothers me. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, actually. And I said it that day. There is a recording yeah. of me condemning an, anybody involved in, in violence in, in the Capitol. Why do you think the Republicans didn't do better in this election? Well, actually, if you look around the country, and I, I traveled to 35 states in the last year and a half, campaigned with House and Senate candidates, as well as many of our great governors uh, and governor candidates, Dennis. And I will tell you, there were there were places in America that had a red wave. <laughs> there really were. You look at places like Texas and Florida and Georgia, and you look at Lee Zeldin's extraordinary campaign uh, for governor of New York. Uh, he, he came up short, but he, he helped elect four new Republicans in the House of Representatives uh, by, by running such an incredible campaign. But my, my only conclusion looking at the results of the election was that candidates that were focused on the future, candidates that were focused on crafting and articulating solutions to record inflation, high gas prices, crime in our cities, and a crisis at our border, those candidates focused on the future all did very well. But, but uh, uh, candidly, I, I believe that candidates that were focused on the past, particularly relitigating uh, the last election did not fare as well. And I, I think it's, it, to me, it's just emblematic of something I've long believed that elections are about the future. It's, it's what I said in the, when I campaigned for Governor Brian Kemp in the primary of this year in Georgia. I, uh, that election in his primary was very much divided along the lines of looking forward and looking back. And uh, he won that primary by 50%. I, I think it was an affirmation that the Republican Party needs to be the party of the future, and our candidates that were focused on the future uh, in the 22 election, and I think going forward, uh, are going to have the best opportunity to prevail and win back America. Are you considering running for president? You know, we are giving prayerful consideration uh, to running for president of the United States in 2024, but we've made no decision yet as a family. Uh, I was determined... uh, uh, as we put together my book, So Help Me God, uh, and campaign for candidates across the country to keep focused on the midterm elections. Uh, I'm traveling around the country now helping to tell our story, reflect on my journey as a, uh, as a, I like to say, a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order, and hope our, hope our story will be an encouragement well, I, uh, I, to I, people. And, uh, I can only at say the end of the that... Day, we'll, We'll make a decision after the first of the year, and All right. I promise to keep you posted, Dennis. I know we're coming to the end of the uh, of the interview. I thank you for being on, and I, I strongly recommend that whatever people's views, they should read So Help Me God by Mike Pence. It is up at DennisPrager.com. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. Wrong. New York Post has a piece. I'll finish the article about the young woman tomorrow. Uh, there are many other subjects I want to get to. Singles, this is the headline. What is today, the 20th, 21st? It's November 16th. New York Post, singles can snuggle this giant emotional support bear. Yes. You saw that? 
my producer, who is not known for emotional outbursts. In the 30 years I know him, I've never seen one. Uh, and he didn't have one now. But for him, it was it was something. He said that's sad. Can't bear to be alone this holiday season? A human-sized emotional support bear might be the perfect gift for you. Sean, how does it sound? We can get him one for his... Uh... Yeah? <laughs> That's a very good point. He can't think of anything more lonely than hugging a bear doll. Right. Now, real bear, you would not be lonely. You, you would be eaten, but you wouldn't be lonely. I know, you wouldn't be eaten. You'd be mauled. Yeah, uh, that was the eating was a joke. A human-sized emotional support bear might be the perfect gift for you. The loving bear Puffy is the shape and size of a male human body, but has the head of a teddy bear. Puffy is quote a very personal product invented by an ordinary woman who is afraid of being alone. The company said. Well, has she given thought to living males? Non-bear. Non-bear. The 5-foot-7-inch oversized plush bear weighing just 7 pounds is $160 and, quote, replaces the need for the physical presence of a person in various moments and situations of everyday life, especially during lonely nights. That's where I agree with Mr. McConnell. By the way, I have a new one, Sean. M-C, uh, what, M-double-C, O-double-N-E-double-L, Rosenbaum. <laughs> it occurred to me the other day, and I'm glad I it didn't go down the memory hole. But he's right. I can't, what is more lonely than snuggling up to a five-foot-seven bear on the couch or in bed. The company says that due to the bear's human-like figure and size, I'm not being cute here, I am truly uh, curious, does it have everything males have? What makes it a male bear? I I assume not, not every aspect of it. That's so, so true. Define what a male is. How do we know the what the bear identifies as? The company says that due to the bear's human-like figure and size, it takes time to get used to having him around. We women are often left alone for various reasons, the company says. Sometimes it's a personal choice, bad luck, or fate. But we all need someone's presence or a hug, especially at night before falling asleep or on the couch in front of the TV. That's why Puffy is made with a human shape and size, to replace as much as possible the lack of physical presence when we need to hug or lean. That was appropriate. The company even pointed out that the human-sized bear offers some benefits over the company of a man. He doesn't snore, he doesn't grumble or get angry. All things actual humans do. 
non-singles can enjoy this gift too. Do you understand that? What does it mean, non-singles? Married people can enjoy this? Or people who have a partner. Yeah, right. I understand. Yeah. How? So you're... Wait. So uh, you're married. I'm married. Can you see either of our wives snuggling up to this bear? I, I hope not. You hope not. Okay. The company also notes that the toy comes bare naked, allowing you to choose how he dresses. A lady named Leah, L-Y-L-I-Y-A, left a user review saying the first few days felt, quote-unquote, strange. Because the bear, quote, seems like a real, real person, unquote. But since she got used to having him around, she, quote, can't imagine walking in and him not being home. Since Puffy has been with me, I fall asleep much easier and faster. I love its softness and the sense of security it gives me. Another customer named Carrie said. What do you think of this, folks? You think it's a bad sign? You think it's just, look, it's the way it is? Why not? If it floats your boat, it floats your boat. So I'm going to say something that I will not go over well with many of you, and it is not meant not to go over well. It is not meant to in any way belittle anyone. And I'm okay in the business of belittling if people have earned it. This is not in that genre. But long, long ago, I started to worry about substituting pets for people. And pets are living, and pets are lovable, unlike the inorganic Puffy the Bear. But when I read so often about someone that they have dogs and not children, and they have chosen it. If you didn't choose it, it's a separate issue. That that began to worry me, and I think this is a direct consequence. One eight Prager seven seven six. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial free every single day. Become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.